who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Buffy and Frodo were in the Hogwarts library late into the night, prepping for the final trek into Mordor. Liz, I have to stop you. Why? Because this already sounds like the greatest story of all time. World Stealers! Hi everyone, this is World Stealers! You know how Elon Musk is going to Mars to basically claim that world as his own and do whatever he wants to it? I do know that. Yeah, we're doing that. Oh! But to fandoms and fan things and different franchises. Cool. So we're like the Elon Musk, but like less douchey. Yeah, like better. And also who wants to live on Mars? Oh, gross. I saw the Martian. It's rough up there. It sounds sandy. Hi, Liz. Hi, Kurt. What are you eating? I got banana mouth. It's oh. fascinating. Mouthful of banana. Um, it's really on brand. Yeah, it is very on brand. <laughs> we are back for our third episode of the X Files trilogy. Our first ever three-peat. Yeah. Ooh. Very exciting. Uh, and this episode, I'm going to be reading my story because we've already listened to your story, Liz, which is wonderful. And first, your story, Shana, which was a, a horror decapage of wonder. <laughs> I'm sorry, we got Shana Cott back in the studio. Back Whoop. here from Dr. Shana. I'm X-Files. here. I'm back. Um, I'm happy to be here and back. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, well said. (laughs) Now, normally in this part, in our little intro, we either talk about what the fandom is, what we're going to write, or what our plans are, what our origin stories with the fandom. But we've already covered that in the first two episodes. And you two came into the studio with something mysterious and X-File-esque that I have to ask about. I'm going to write a dossier real quick. If you hear any typing, that's me taking Mulder-style notes. Excellent. Scully style notes. <laughs> Either way, well, they, both notes. Notes. they both take notes. They both take notes. He just um, looks and believes. <laughs> <laughs> um, of this uh, thing that you have to tell me. So tell me, tell me, tell me. What's the deal with the banana and the snack reference? Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, it was well, a dark and stormy night. <laughs> it, no, it? it was actually really hot. It was hot. It was really hot and humid. Anyway. And you know how we know it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Liz and I were working at the bar where we used to work together. I still work there, but Liz doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was a hot, humid muggy summer night 
and in comes this very tall, and I'm I'm pretty tall. I'm six feet tall. This guy must have been at least at least six four. Yeah, he was six, a five. Tall he was dude. a tall, gangly guy with like red hair, and he mm. was very out of sorts and discombobulated. And he comes all all a flustered up to the bar, and he says, "Can I get some napkins?" And I was like, sure. And I handed him a bunch of napkins. He started dabbing his face and body. He was like, I'm so sweaty. You know, I just, I'm so neurotic. I have to run everywhere. But then I get really sweaty. And, yeah. and I have to say, it was like either a Friday or a Saturday. It was a very busy night because there were three of us behind the bar. And Shana and I stopped everything. And we're like, this is what we're doing now. What's going on? So yeah, so eventually he ordered a beer. And as I was pouring his beer, I have a tattoo on my forearm of a pear. And he saw it and he was like, oh, my God, pears. I love pears. I was like, yes, me too. They're my favorite fruit. He was like, oh, yeah, fruit, favorite fruit. I mean, definitely for me too, like up there in like the top five. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, they're probably my number one, but I definitely have like a, a few fruits that I really enjoy. Something <laughs> sane. I said something yeah. sane. It's hard to make sane conversation with this guy, as I remember. Okay. And this guy was like, yeah, I mean, I rank all of my fruits uh, according to the following four categories, taste, texture, feasibility, <laughs> and nutritional content. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I did not know what to say. I am not often a person who is struck speechless. But I, <laughs> That's right. Shade is trying to make conversation with him. I think I was just like leaning on the bar, staring at him. Like, I hope he never stops talking. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, as I, as I started working that through my brain, I was like, feasibility <laughs> and he just looks at me and goes you know a mango it's delicious but it's just not feasible <laughs> which when you think about it is absolutely correct he's correct <laughs> getting it off the skin is hard yeah. Yeah. yeah so he was like all right well i'm gonna go to my karaoke room now see you soon never seen him again never came back oh never ever God. have we that seen him again that is the most x-file bar experience <laughs> yeah. i've ever heard of came from so. nowhere disappeared into thin air holy shit okay so, so naturally liz and i started to try and deconstruct like we had many long and spirited discussions about what exactly constitutes fruit feasibility sure sure and we came up with a whole you know structure ideology that i'm not going to get into now because it always part of it has arguments. to do with snacks though right fruit, can you carry it around fruit. as a snack yeah, and like, possibly not mm, use utensils a big part of, yeah, big part of yes, feasibility is can you throw you it in a bag it. pull it out at the end of the day is it still Edible, yeah. So yeah. apple, totally number one, Very number one beautiful. in feasibility. Apples number one, oranges number two. Okay. And people argue with us because they think bananas Pears should be good. really feasible, but you can't throw a banana in a bag. As no, I demonstrated coming here, yeah, it, gets it starts bruising. to fall apart really fast. Yeah, grapes so, are feasible. But you got to put those in a container. Yeah, do you? I guess you can't so. just throw a handful <laughs> of loose grapes, grapes rolling <laughs> willy nilly in your bag. That's crazy. You can wash them. <laughs> Wash, the matter bursting. of washing them, bursting in the bag. As you get bag one, as you listeners can hear, this topic is you know, rife with controversy. Take it home with you. Use it on your family. Enjoy this topic. Well, and it's, I think the most X Filesy thing that we figured out is we're putting together these lists. There are four lists, and we we're like, well, we'll put them together. Yeah, we'll figure out the rankings, and we'll graph them. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've got one dimensions, two dimensions, three dimensions. 
At a fourth dimension, you've got space time. If we do this right, we could invent time travel. Yeah. Wow. You guys are like in the future accepting a Nobel Prize. This is the feasibility fruit theory. Yeah. Yeah. Theorem of time Theorem travel. Of time, time travel. travel. <laughs> Breaking the space time continuum one mango at a time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. God, I hope someday to see him again. Just, it's it's permanently ingrained in my in my memory. The what way- I imagine is him walking in and you being like, "Okay, listen, we stopped at four because we couldn't <laughs> get between grapes and bananas and the process of putting it in the bag." And then he goes, "Aha! But have you thought of tying it to a rope and hanging it from your bag?" And then you're like, "Throw away the cards. Let's start, start over." As we know, X-Files centers on our favorite FBI agents investigating the paranormal and rarely finding anything. In the episode that inspired Kate's fanfiction, Season 1, Episode 9, entitled Space, Mulder and Scully are investigating possible sabotage in NASA's shuttle program when they find out that an astronaut who had been Mulder's childhood hero may be possessed by an extraterrestrial spirit. Or, as we would call it, a space ghost. So... For all you flyboys trying to colonize Mars, <laughs> Elon Musk, good luck and uh, beware of ghosts. And also, enjoy this fanfic. All right, friends, are you ready to move on to my X Files story? Let's do so, it. Kate, yeah. tell us. About this, the third installment in our X-Files trilogy. Okay, well, so I, now that we've been doing all of these fan fictions, um, I've become very skilled in one thing, <laughs> and that is like identifying a unique trope to a television series oh. um, and recreating episodes. So, and Liz can attest to this, like when you watch enough Star Trek and or Buffy and or X-Files, you start to realize that you're going to write an episode with pretty much exactly the same pattern mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's now inside of your brain. It's subliminally messy in there yeah um so i have never seen x files so i powered through the first season Mm. and tried to like put together the formula that is an x files episode and what i put together was there's always a monster or something that causes chaos Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. always a red herring Mm. and there's no resolution yeah so i made an episode based on that one thing that stuck out to me in the first season that made me giggle and i usually take these things and it also reminded me of my real life and that's usually what i jump off of is there's an episode about um space and the space shuttle or something in the first season oh the ghost that inhabits the the ghost that's sabotaging the space shuttle Mm -hmm. because it doesn't want the astronauts to get possessed by any more ghosts it's great it's bizarre it's not a great episode it's really weird motivation for a ghost <laughs> spoiler the guy who was possessed by the space ghost throws himself out a window at right the at the end yeah so what struck me about that episode <laughs> Mulder's so upset the whole time because this guy is like his hero exactly I'm so sorry. exactly I'm sorry. that's what struck me about this episode is Mulder's complete and total worshiping of anybody who has anything to do with NASA oh my god Mulder and the reason and you're you know why this would strike me is because my husband is obsessed with space oh. and astronauts and thinks that they are godly upon the earth mm. so I took that and ran with it <laughs> wait is Jack in your fan fiction no 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 not oh, okay. at all um and and that's really a small element 
moment of this fan fiction. But then it was the secondary thing where it's um, author in story. And I was like, okay, who would I be? I don't know. And then, you know, politics. I just, you'll see as we go into this, but that's what I'm jumping off with. Politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Lots of politics. It's about to get spicy up in here. Okay, are you ready? So ready. Also, oh, I forgot. The, my main character, she's based off me, but an exaggeration of me. So she's, uh, uh, I'm giving her like a Texan accent. Also, it's just fun because well, right, it's, written, it's okay. written in first person, so well, I wanted to have a voice. Okay. <clears throat> it didn't take a rocket scientist to see that the FBI agent writing these case files was in love with her partner. Actually, I wasn't even using my degree in aerospace engineering for much these days, more just using my high school level biology to lay out plainly in legislative proposals that you can't get HIV from the air. Uh Oh, it's the 80s. It's the 90s. Or 90s. Yeah, 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 it's the 90s. Yeah, okay. That took me a minute. In my professional opinion, the medical diagnosis of the victim's death as a result of desanguination is a sound conclusion. However, Agent Mulder's hypothesis of the physical capabilities of the murderer are not based in any realistic understanding of human abilities. And furthermore, the door to our office opened and Senator Campbell, my boss, walked in. He put down his briefcase and shrugged out of his basic beige trench coat, careful not to get his crisp blue suit wet from the rain that was still on the coat. Good morning, Miss Dumaine he said, giving me a pearly all-American smile. Unlike most of his colleagues, Senator Campbell showed up on time to his office, rain or snow. Could have been his military training or the fact that he was a former astronaut. (laughs) The misty rain of D.C. was nothing compared to the deep, dark cold of space. (laughs) (laughs) Morning, Senator. I've got the breakdown ready for this 1030 at Quantico, but I'm concerned about the department that we're addressing. Their funding isn't really that big, and I've made a list of some task forces that could be alternatives. Uh, I can call them now to reschedule if you'd like, sir. I closed the blue folder with the case files I was reading through. Okay, Dumaine, hang on there. I haven't even started the kettle yet. The senator kept the smile going as he walked into his small office, off to the left of my desk, crammed full with books, binders, and a large oak desk that he'd bartered with a North Carolina congressman to get out of the catalog. He claimed it was the desk of Stephen Mather, a famous conservationist, when he worked for the Interior. Pretty sure he gave the congressman a rock, claiming it was from the moon. (laughs) Dumb. Tea? He called out through the door. No, thank you, Senator. I said, turning on my word processor to print out our inquiry requests for FBI. Senator Campbell came back in the tiny lobby, his suit coat off and sleeves rolled up, holding a hot tea and an unopened box of lemon shortbread cookies. I quickly jotted on the notepad that I needed to order more. That was our last box. Dumaine, I'd like you to take the lead on the meeting today, he said, then sat down in the wingback chair shoved in the corner. Uh... I was at a loss for how to take the news. On one hand, yes, surely I would love to give this hodgepodge of an investigation division a Texas hammering for inappropriate reporting. (laughs) But on the other side, I was just the senator's staffer. Sir, I appreciate that, but I I don't really have the authority. (laughs) He said, stopping me and sipping his tea. You're the only scientist in the room. You'll be able to cut through the malarkey and get it out of them. The rest of us are just badges and haircuts. (laughs) <laughs> I just want to say, yeah, I really appreciate 
that this character you've created in a senator who is someone who offers his staffers tea. I just think that's really nice. That's sweet. Why, oh, you're oh, going to love him. Why does the senator have a badge? Oh, it means in the room, in the conference room. Oh, okay. So their badge is he's a haircut. Darn. Yeah. I was hoping he was some sort of undercover. No. No. I'm sorry. No. He's exciting, though. I'm I mean, don't lose hope him. in I'm, Senator Campbell. My hope is only just beginning <laughs> to kindle. <laughs> The rest of us are just badges and haircuts. Yes, sir, I said, then turned to my word processor, trying to hide my anxiety over the assignment. Don't worry, Sarah Beth. I'll do the charming and you do the sniffing. He got up. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy way to say that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's the 90s. He's in his 50s or he's in his 60s. You know, I'm trying to be semi-realistic here. Yeah, Yeah. the sniffing. I don't know. I just imagine some a dude who grows up in like the 40s and 50s and is like a a white beautiful astronaut being like, "Hi, I'm in a room. Have you seen me? There, I ooze charm. I'm fancy. I mean, I I love him already. Yeah. Um. Okay. Say Senator Campbell can get it. Oh, wow, this is turning into... This is going to take a turn for you guys. It's not going to be oh, fun. No. Oh, no. Because it's okay. not sexy. It's not ever well, sexy. Yeah. Sorry, there's no, like, Monica Lewinsky situation here. Damn. Well, that's, yeah. that's good. Though. Which is appropriate. Are you guys ever going to do an erotica episode? Oh, this, oh it's coming. Oh, this season. He got up, straightened his tab. You've got a better ear for the truth, anyway. Even while turned away, I saw the tremor in his rat hand as he lifted the cup again and walked into his office. Space ghost? Sort of. No, no space ghost. Um, This man here in front of me was the kind of handsome that you're not supposed to trust. (laughs) Or at least that's what my Aunt Tina would have said about him. He was sitting there next to his partner, the woman whose files I had poured through the last week. They both projected professionalism, glancing at each other occasionally to acknowledge a mutual understanding of a question, but not long enough to suggest anything otherwise. They'd been able to remove any coy game from their work life. Their supervisor was looking at me like a cricket he wanted to squish, which was fine. I was used to that look from conservative representatives who gawked at my qualifications and asked why the hell I was serving in government. Respectfully, miss, we don't have to provide that information. It is at our discretion, given the classification. Their supervisor said to me, tight-lipped, tilting his bald head at me like the glare would ward me away. Classic Skinner. (laughs) (laughs) Skinner! Senator Campbell has top-secret military clearance given his former role, so he can easily request any of these documents without your discretion. Mm -hmm. And to be transparent, Agent Skinner, all these documents pass over my desk anyway. I said, sighing and closing my folder. She's sassy. I like her. (laughs) What a sassy broad. Miss Dumaine started the agent with the impeccable hair that mismatched his fairly drab suit choice. A devil-may-care attitude that I guess worked on most women. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be happy to show you and the senator anything in my files. He looked over for a second at Campbell, possibly for approval. This FBI agent had been giddy ever since we showed up, immediately expressing his renown for the senator's background at NASA. 
Which was pretty common, actually. Men who watched the moon landing as little boys turned into mush around the senator. <laughs> but I am curious, why bother with us? We're not really all that juicy, I mean, appropriations-wise. This was a question I didn't have an answer for. I thought of the list of departments sitting at my desk that I wanted to reschedule with and said nothing. Well, said the senator, sat up, and then he cleared his throat. I've only been assigned to the committee recently. Figure we start small before tackling the big dogs. <laughs> Agent Scully, as she'd introduced herself earlier, looked at me with her eyebrow flinching. I couldn't tell for sure, but I swear she sent me a look that said, You've got one of these too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, a few minutes later, we were all in their shared cubicle, Agent Mulder pulling out one thick binder after another and stacking them on the desk. His giddiness had increased to mirror that of a boy showing off his Christmas toys. <laughs> Agent Scully and I watched as Senator Campbell flip through some of the thicker reports, pulling out the occasional black and white photo, unfolding his reading glasses, and looking closer to decipher the gray smudges. As he held one closer to his nose, that tremor started up again, slightly jostling the image. He quickly set it down without acknowledging the shake. Mm. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Scully cock her head slightly. I hoped that she saw nothing but a normal sign of aging. The mm -hmm. senator was approaching 70 after all, but also knowing her background in medical science, again, I had read the reports. Mm -hmm. I hoped that she didn't see what was starting to worry me in recent days working for Campbell, a sign of a condition, possibly something that would make him unable to work, and the round of crodgy opposing congressmen that would use it as an excuse to put him out to pasture. Mm -hmm. Scully didn't seem to react much further. Uh, son... Campbell put a hand confidently on Agent Mulder's forearm before he pulled out yet another folder. Maybe not that one. I could see a corner of brat red peeking out of the side of the green binder. A magazine, maybe? Agent Mulder shoved it back in and shut the cabinet. Uh, Mulder looking at porn? Isn't Mulder always looking at porn? That was my impression. <laughs> um, he, like, keeps it around. I think... It's it's all shot in a way that you're supposed to think Mulder's looking at porn, but then every once in a while it pans so you can see the screen and he's looking at, like, moon landing footage or, like, you know, blurry Bigfoot in the background. Oh. You know, like, it's like, um, I, I, think that's, I think that's the thing that's usually happening. I don't know. I saw a super cut on YouTube of all the times when Mulder mentioned porn and it was very convincing to me that he loves porn. That was just I David mean, Duchovny going off script. That could be it. That could be it. But anyway, it's not, I don't say for sure whether or not it's porn. You can kind of deduce your own mm. whatever. Yeah. Or like it's porn. Probably I actually think David Duchovny was like, I like this FBI character, but uh, could there be more porn? <laughs> I yeah. also really love I porn. Also love, my character loves porn, I've decided. <laughs> it's, a, it's nothing personal. Choice, just, it's choice. a character choice. It feels right. It feels right to me that my character would love porn. I think it's just the, the magazine that you're describing in this fiction is just naked Bigfoots. Yes, it could <laughs> absolutely be that. Sexy pinup Bigfoots. absolutely be that. I mean... The most famous shot of Bigfoot is Bigfoot doing like a little sexy look behind. So. <laughs> Showing off his butt. Just uh, yeah. He's like, oh, hey you're guys. taking a picture of oh, me. Did you see? He looks like the <laughs> copper tone baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, the sexiest baby in the world. <laughs> oh, boy. OK, 
yeah, that should be all of it, said Agent Mulder. Scully rolled her ass. Not to say I don't want to go through all of this, started Campbell. I'm sure I'd find it compelling, but uh, in the interest of turning around a presentation to the committee on Thursday, I'm looking for something kind of uh, specific. Mulder's eyes widened. This was another surprise to me, thinking that I would have to sift through the stack overnight, but I was still thrown off by the senator's ask. Do you have anything that refers to uh, Project MK Ultra? <laughs> Campbell asked. Ooh. Well, I have this is a real thing, too. Mind control. Yeah, you know exactly what like oh, I Is that another episode? Probably. I figured it was because I didn't see the whole MK thing. Ultra. Do they They touch on it a few places? They never like delve deep. You know, it's I feel like, like whenever it's mentioned, it's like a red herring mention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's used as like a scapegoat yeah. by mm-hmm. somebody who's in the wrong. Um, but yeah, that's some, that's some crazy real history. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Do you have anything that refers to Project MK Ultra? Campbell asked, nonchalantly waving at the files as if he didn't have that phrase loaded in the canister. I could almost feel the eyebrow raise from the stern woman beside me. The government mind control project that sometimes used RFD and involuntary implanted chips that could be activated with... Campbell moved forward towards Agent Mulder, looking down. That's the one. <laughs> he smiled then, which made Mulder dig into one exact binder, bent and worn out from flipping through. It was at this point that I wondered if I was caught up in some kind of goose chase for the purpose of fun and not public service. Scully must have had the same thought as she sighed heavily, leaned onto the cabinet next to her, and then examined her closely clipped nails in boredom. (laughs) I really just like two charming men being charming at each other while (laughs) the women who work with them are like, uh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Scully's just like, "Mm, this is going to take a while. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Um, Okay. Campbell was flipping through the copies of redacted and classified files for the second or third time in the backseat of the unmarked black town car we took back to the office. My attache I had emptied in order to bring back a number of important possible projects only hailed two crisp business cards, one for Agent Scully and one for Mulder. I can tell that you're not pleased with how that went, he said. I molded over and said, No, sir, we've got nothing for the committee. He nodded. They weren't expecting much from us anyway. Sorry to say it, but we're the new kids on the block, and we're not exactly playing by their rules. I was starting to feel real heated by his dismissal. I'm sorry, but I quit my job at JPL to pursue this because of your campaign policy, which was to defund unnecessary military projects and increase science spending. That is the whole reason I'm here, and I don't want to be ungrateful, Senator, because... You know that I respect your work and all, but I just can't believe... I understand, Sarah Beth. There was a few seconds of silence between us before we pulled up to the front of the Capitol. When we got out of the car and Campbell gave a friendly goodbye to the driver, he waved me over, then began walking across the street away from the building. Sir, we, we have to drop these off. They're classified, I said, pointing to the file in his hand. Oh, here, they're all conspiracy theories anyway, right? He held them out to me. Put them in there. He looked down at my brown leather attache. I took the folder and walked with him west towards a small Cuban restaurant between two large office buildings. He ordered a coffee and a mint tea, and I sat down at the laminate table in the corner. He sat across from me, and I accepted the coffee. Before I applied to the science program in the late 70s, I was stationed in South Korea. Campbell's voice was hushed. 
and the cool flyboy attitude I'd become so familiar with was replaced with a seriousness I did not know. <laughs> His right hand, resting on the table, began shaking so much more now, but he didn't even notice. I began to sweat a little as he went on. Our unit protected a few military hospitals there, doing flyovers, radar mappings. There was a medical center that was unregistered, and we were told it was Korean, uh, deep in the woods. We would patrol it. Sometimes we'd land the Kiowa, the helicopter. He clarified for me. And do perimeter checks. It was surrounded by barbed wire, and I always had the feeling it was more of a prison than a medical center. One night, there was a power outage. We were sent over because there were reports that the backup generators had failed. We stocked up our diesel engineers and scooted over there, only to find the place completely empty. The senator's hand started tapping at the table hard, almost knocking off the flatware. He stopped and looked down at it, then quickly hid it under the table. Look, Zarabeth, I don't think I have to fill in any more details. I'm not sure we can talk about this in the office, even with the door shut. But this conspiracy theory, it was a real project out there. I found another set of unclassified reports from back when they filed it as a survey report for building out barracks. But it's for this hospital, and they use the same code name that's listed in the files we found today. By linking those two together, proves who signed off on it and for how much. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm still waiting for the reason that Senator Campbell can't get it. You promised we would eventually. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, even though I recently found out he's nearing 70, still hit it. Still could I'm get it. So happy that my imagination is turning you both on. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're doing a great job. <laughs> uh, that is the goal of fan fiction. So yeah, that's true. here we are. Okay. Mm, nailing it. Something about the way I said it made his breathing slow down. I wondered if he thought I would betray him in some way or not understand. I was a rocket scientist. (laughs) (laughs) The puzzle came together quickly in my head, and he seemed grateful for that. We didn't say much else. The plans were laid down after in the silence of the walk back to the office. My attache felt heavier now. Mm. When we got back, there were four cardboard archive boxes delivered filled with the same folders that we saw back with the two agents. I guessed that Mulder was eager to share more of his ideas with the astronaut hero he'd spent the morning with. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. It is cute. Mulder's like, what do you need? State secrets? I got (laughs) them. God, I'm just trying to give these secrets away. Nobody else wants them. (laughs) That is kind of the impression that I got, is that nobody believed him. So he'd be like, do you want to see this? Do you want to see my file on this thing? You're an astronaut and you want to see my Stop. Basically, that's the impression I, I got. I love you so much. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty accurate for yeah. Mulder. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I was too consumed with the plan at hand to care much about the boxes, and I threw them on the floor next to my desk. Senator Campbell went immediately into his office, then returned with a clean, thin yellow folder and handed it to me without speaking. I nodded. Our copy machine was less than ideal, A hazard of being a fairly new congressperson was the lack of office size and quality equipment. Mm. Luckily, I had gone to MIT with Dimitri, uh, who worked with Senator Bragardi from Louisiana down the hall. I steeled myself, taking a deep breath before walking into their office. Dimitri, mind if I use a copier again? He was on the phone, wedging it between his cheek and the shoulder, and waved me towards the machine. 
The flashes of light scanning the papers seemed to move slower than normal. The reality of everything was sitting in a fog around me. Mind control chips from all the way back to the 70s? The possibility of government monitoring our plans? The creepiness of some of the files that I hadn't even really looked through that I only received a glance at there at Quantico. If this was all true, then what else was? Mm. And then, a thought that was lingering since the coffee shop, but I had yet to acknowledge. Were we in danger? The yes, files. always. <laughs> <laughs> thrilling. This You're is thrilling. You're on X-Files. You're in danger. You're in danger. <laughs> the files finished copying, and I gathered them together. Then I hit copy again. I looked down at the hot, fresh paper I was holding with two words circled by a faint gray of the senator's highlighter on the original. Dolos program. Mm. So, small aside, Dolos is the god of mischief and trickery and convinces people to do things they don't want to do. Oh, oh. that's fun. In what? what um, I think Greek something uh, or other. Cool. I don't know. It was a quick little Google. They had a lot of gods. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think it has anything fun. to do with Delos, the company from Westworld? Or YOLO. <laughs> yes to both. Good, Definitely. Good, good. I feel like YOLO has been used to make people do things they don't want to do. Yeah. I think that's all it's used for. Yes, yes. Between YOLO and FOMO, you do a lot of stuff. Do a lot of dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, SB, what's the deal? Are you doing happy hour with us tonight? I turned around to Dimitri sit standing at his desk. <laughs> Not the voice that I imagined Dimitri would have. He's a bro congressperson staffer. His name is Dimitri? Yeah, well, you know. I thought he was going to be Russian. He's, He's American. Like, yes, hello. Are you doing happy hour with us tonight? <laughs> Not a Russian style. Yeah, I promise you don't only have to drink vodka tonight. <laughs> Unlike other nights of the week. <laughs> No, he's just like a bro. Okay. Yeah, maybe his parents are Russian, but I feel like most people, most staffers are like um, bro dudes or yeah. very competent people. His name's Dimitri, but inside he's Chad. Yeah, exactly. I guess I don't know. It's a also lot the nineties, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, you're supposed I, to I interrupt. Actually have the exact that is the same. point. <laughs> is the point of this? Uh. uh I turned around to Dimitri standing at his desk. His attention on me holding these papers was making me feel more than vulnerable. I mumbled some kind of no and left the office immediately. When I got back to my office, Campbell was on the phone, laughing and munching on a lemon cookie. Hmm. The fact that he had returned to a calm and cool demeanor gave me an ease to sit down at my desk and regain some kind of normality. Again, nothing holds a candle to the crushing fear of empty space, I guessed. For an astrophysicist, Sarah Beth is like real scared Terrified of space. Terrified of space. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm sorry. I figure if I studied space, I would be even more scared of it. Uh, I, just... I wouldn't want to be in it. I'm happy with studying it, but I don't want to go up there. I'm good. Mm, I would go to space. I would sure. go to space, but I do mm-hmm. not want to have to study for it. <laughs> Three different perceptions in this room. Okay, cool. I just okay. want to blindly go to space. <laughs> no, thank you. I like Earth. I like an atmosphere. I like. It's like a cover. It's like a blanket over me, and I don't want to leave it. That's mm. fair. That is fair. Mm-hmm. But you love the water. What is the water but wet space? Oh, or just a wet blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Burn on the ocean. <m- <laughs> the ocean's like, so I would cry, bad. but 
I'm already I'm made of salty tears. Oh, oh. Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh. We're so funny. There's so much drama and danger going on. You guys are just doing <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. You're a regular Senator Campbell. That's what you two are. <laughs> now, someone get me a lemon cookie. <laughs> The hours moved by quickly as I pulled together the report, printed out a draft with the copies, and gave it to Campbell wordlessly. The sun had gone down, and he was lit underneath from the desk light, his reading glasses casting a shadow over his eyes as he started to look over it. He looked tired, older, but still determined. I decided then that no matter a small tremor or deep government danger, that I would stand by him and see this plan through. Aww. Oh, she's hmm? She loves her... Boss dad. Yeah. She loves her boss dad. <laughs> if I was a senator, I would want a staffer just like her. Yeah. Well. If I was a staffer, I'd want a senator <laughs> just like him. Am I right? Yay. <laughs> Sleep didn't come easily. In fact, it didn't want to show up in my studio apartment at all. I watched old movies on the tiny TV in my kitchen, standing in my pajamas and drinking straight from the milk carton. If Mama saw me, she would have shrieked at the state of me. Oh. <laughs> Mysteries from the world beyond. You may not believe them, but their presence never wanes. The voice of the narrator on the show playing made my skin crawl. Mysteries and stories never bothered me before, but now they were showing up everywhere I looked. I turned the TV off and crawled into bed for some fitful sleep. Dawn couldn't have come any sooner. I dressed and headed for the office, hoping that the last-minute edits Senator Campbell had wanted to squeeze in after I left work weren't too much. I was afraid that in my shocked state the day before, I might have affected my work, and I'd hate for him to be tired during the presentation. I was in the hallway of the building, almost to the door, when I saw that it was creaked open. The lights were often sad, so maybe the senator had slept on the couch overnight. I went to open the door, but it was stuck, something large blocking the way. I shoved it again and felt it move and open a little bit more. I pushed it again, not sure what was there or why, confused and breaking into a cold sweat. I managed to squeeze my head into the opening and look inside the dim room. When I looked down at what was blocking the door, I focused on a familiar tie that complemented a crisp blue suit wrapped around the neck of a swollen blue face. No! Work dead! Oh, no! <laughs> He's dead on the ground! Beautiful, beautiful work, Dad! <laughs> oh my god, Mulder's gonna be so upset! Yeah, yeah, yeah. All his, his astronaut heroes, heroes are always dying. Oh, yeah. Mulder. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. Yeah, well, you know. Quit having heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good lesson. <laughs> uh. I sank to the floor and started to scream. <laughs> Security arrived, running down the hall to help me up. One or two of them I couldn't notice much through the haze of tears growing in my eyes. I walked, I, I think, down the hall, maybe resting on the door to Senator Brigardi's office. It was locked. No one was in yet. It was still early. I walked a few feet further to turn into the hallway, and there, next to the corner of the wall, was a phone booth. I opened the brown leather flap of the attache, empty, since I'd left everything Campbell needed in the office with him the night before, mm-hmm. except for two stark white business cards. <gasps> Ooh. The coroner is saying that right now, unfortunately, Mr. Maine, it looks like the senator was alone when it happened, that he used the tie to asphyxiate himself by, no, not possible, I said, my voice whispered. We're so sorry, Sarah. Thank you for calling us, but I don't know if this case is really within our jurisdiction. Scully finished, then sat next to me on the bench outside in the hospital hallway. It's Sarah Beth. 
I said. Mulder was pacing in front of us, rubbing his hand over his chin and face. Senator with a new position on the Appropriations Committee building a case to take down secret government projects, has a moral standing as an astronaut on both sides of the aisle, finally links evidence to a huge spending project for mind control and then dies mysteriously? He stopped in front of us. I don't want to say the C word, Scully, but damn it. Coincidence suggests that two things are without apparent causal connection, Mulder. You use the word apparent like it's going to deter me, Scully. (laughs) Y'all, this bickering is real cute and all, but... I let out a big sniffle. Those documents are gone without a trace when they removed sin. Senator. I fell into my hands and sobbed. Scully put a hand on my back. I'm sorry we can't do more. The committee hearing was postponed and a memorial scheduled by the end of the day. Riding back to the office, uh, we passed the flagpole by the South Capitol building entrance. A Marine was already standing at attention as the flag started lowering to half-mast. The two FBI agents were driving me back to collect my things, and I guessed to check on what was left of the files that they had sent over the day before. I unlocked the door to the office, which was taped off with yellow police tape, and we moved inside. I was never in a situation that involved a crime, a murder, or death. Everything I'd done was theoretical, with the occasional tested and miniaturized explosion. Senator Campbell had faced death and danger so many times, but I couldn't depend on him for comfort now. The cardboard boxes were still there, untouched. Mulder calmly lifted off the box lid and started to look through them, pulling out files. Scully walked around inspecting the space. I picked up the box of half-eaten lemon cookies and put them in the FBI duffel that they had lent me. In Scully? Mulder said suddenly, looking down at the third box that he'd examined. We both walked over to see the contents. On top of blank, empty papers was a black box, something that looked like a radio but was burnt through with the hole. This isn't ours, said Mulder simply. All three of us looked down on it, still, before Mulder said, crouching down to get a closer look. Looks like it's self-destructed, exploded from the inside. Scully was stoic as he examined it. Sir Beth? <laughs> oh good, it's Dimitri again. <laughs> I'm really glad we hadn't seen the last of Dimitri. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, I'm sorry your boss dad died. <laughs> Do you want to get some, some vodka? <laughs> I'm so glad you're so attached to my dumb, dumb characters. Thank you. I love them. Everyone. Uh, Every one of them is okay. just a peach. Well, two of them are copyright, but you know, the other... <laughs> The others are mine. Yeah. Dimitri I, and the senator are mine. Uh, I would think they were copyrighted. <laughs> Sir Beth? We all turned around quickly to face the door. Mulder reached for something inside of his jacket, then pulled his hand away. Oh. Dimitri stood in the doorframe, looking at me distraught. I heard him. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I walked up to him and led him out into the hallway. Thank you. It's okay. I'm kind of in shock right now. Of course, I can imagine, he said. They're just helping me get my things, and then I I think I'm going to go home, I said, calmer than I felt, still thinking of the burnt technology sitting right next to my desk. Back to Texas? (laughs) (laughs) Was Dimitri such an idiot at MIT, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got in as a legacy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, 
this is the Dimitri dorm hall. <laughs> My dad, who is also Dimitri, paid for it. <laughs> but I will not to any <laughs> linear algebra. <laughs> Dimitri has a spinoff now. <laughs> It's like <laughs> young Sheldon. We get to see a exactly. younger version of Dimitri, Dimitri go to MIT in college. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Back to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri asked. I don't know yet. He nodded and put a hand on my shoulder. Okay. Well, please call me if you need anything. And you know, we might be looking for help in Bragg's office if you want to. He trailed off. Thanks. I said. I looked through the open door to the two agents hovered over the box, discussing the contents quickly and closely. I couldn't hear, but I could piece together the ideas that they were throwing around. He was certain that this was the cause. Not suicide, but implanted chip mind control. She argued that it was possibly a destroyed bug or a listening device, if anything. That the idea of Campbell's chip being activated was extreme. He never had any solid evidence, just an idea. He would say an idea was enough. Mm. I would stand outside trying to think about the next part of my life. SB, I forgot. I turned around to look at Dimitri down the hall. When you used a copier yesterday, you left a bunch of papers in the tray. Oh. Sadness. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Sadness. Sadness moved over his face. Oh, sorry. I guess you probably won't need them now. Oh, how wrong you are, Dimitri. Dun, dun, dun. After much consideration of your evidence, Miss Domain, and in light of the tragedy surrounding this, we have moved as a committee to, in fact, take action. We cannot let a fellow government servant and patriot's mysterious death be disregarded. Hours of cross-examination and death threats. I could feel the finality of the chairman's statements. I clasped my hands together under the large table and waited for him to finish. It has become apparent to us that this was the act of domestic terrorism on the back of ill-informed conspiracy theorists, fueled by the misuse of funding by Colonel Fenrol of the 62nd unit stationed in South Korea. His forging of documents and siphoning of military spending will be met with persecution through military courts. And we thank you, Ms. Domain, for bringing this to our attention. At the end of the front bench in the chambers, I heard a muffled, Oh, come on! <laughs> and turned to see Mulder stand up from his seat and storm out of the room. Scully looked over at me and gave a smile and a shrug. We tried, I supposed. I had a plane to catch in a few hours back to California. JPL had gladly taken me back and maybe with a little guilt from the last few weeks of my life. I knew a few guys who would corner me with their own theories of what happened to Senator Campbell and I would suffer through a series of questions about it. I walked into the small cubicle where the two agents were sitting, tapping and reading over their work. It was my last stop before the airport. I wanted to come and say thank you, I said. They both stood still, Scully speaking first. We were happy to work with you. We're sorry it didn't turn out the way you intended. I'm still looking into the device. I have it in the lab right now to examine for Mulder. Scully cut him off. Thank you for that. I smiled at him, then put my hand in my pocket to pull out something left behind to me that I didn't really want to hang on to. I think he would have been pleased regardless. The senator knew that it would be a longer, harder thing to battle, more than just one little committee hearing. Mulder nodded. 
At least we got some truth out there. I said, smiling. (laughs) I reached out and handed Mulder what I was holding. I think he would have also wanted you to have this. He looked down at a NASA space patch, pulled off the Senator Campbell's orange uniform that he'd worn a few times when he'd managed to get up there. Oh, the end. Up there into the cold, crushing (laughs) blackness of space. The terrifying void of space. (laughs) That's why she doesn't want it. Because she doesn't like that it's been there. She's like, I actually uh, am an aerospace engineer in order to engineer the space away from me (laughs) to get it further away. I want to go nowhere near there. What are the physics for me to stay? I would like to solve the problem that is space. If if space tried to reach down here and grab me, how would I fight it? (laughs) That's why I'm here. That's why I studied everything. That was my major at MIT, fighting space. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you guys for that journey. I think yours was definitely most like an episode of X-Files. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, I agree. Mean, definitely progressed. Liz and I were both just like, what if we were just running around the edges of an X-Files episode? <laughs> <laughs> what if Mulder and Scully were there, but not as important as us? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shana, this was amazing it. having you for oh, all three. Oh, man, you guys, I wish I could come record with you all the time. Yeah. So fun. Well, we'll have to pick another fandom. Yeah, mm. whenever, whenever you want me. I would love to invite myself over. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Amazing. You love, love me it. I'm at your beck and call. Oh, all right, Liz. Do you want to tell them where people can find us if they wanted to uh, stalk us? Love to. Thank you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at World Stealers. Whoa. At, 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 at World Stealers. I don't know. Yeah, that seems yeah. very logical. At World Our Stealers. Handle is at World Stealers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can also email us if you are feeling, you know, wordier than what do we have now? 240 characters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Send us an email at world at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And please, if Close. you like us subscribe and rate and review us, if you give us a review, it doesn't even have to be a nice review. It just has to be a review. Yeah, one would be chill. Um, and <laughs> if you like, if you give us like a, Hey, heads up, I'd like you to write me a fanfic. We'll do it. We'll do it. We don't care you. what it is. We can do them so fast. We've yeah. been training like Olympians. Yeah. Mm. We'll write you a mini fic. We'll put you in it. The more details you give us, the more your story is going to be what you actually want. The exactly. less details you give us, the more liberties we will take. Yeah. <laughs> and um, if you have any opinions about fruit feasibility. Yeah. Oh my God. Please, please leave Get that. in touch with Shana. Yeah. Where can they find you? Me? To oh, tell I'm, you about their opinions on Ruby's movie. I'm not going to tell these people where to find me. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. That's Just fair. Come, That's fair. We've got you, some wacky tiny army. If you look hard enough. I, actually, didn't I give out my email address in one of the, <laughs> probably one of the last episodes? All right, We're leaving well, it in. Yeah, email go ahead and just email me, I with guess. With the subject line, fruit feasibility, yeah. please. And as we always do when we sign off. We always say that we're looking for the truth, which is out there somewhere. And we are the ones who will lead you to it. Oh, as we always do <laughs> always every said that. single time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay.
All right, guys, that's almost our podcast for this week. But we have something very important, very exciting, possibly very dangerous to alert the tiny army about. And that is that we've got a couple of new players in this fan fiction war. Yeah, who would have thought that a fan fiction podcast war was going to be the most dangerous thing of 2019? Yeah, there are so many dangerous things happening right now. So the fact that this is the most dangerous is very impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Take a seat, reproductive rights. We've got a fan fiction war. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tiny Army, listen, grab your swords Forget the shields. Don't even think about those shields. And um, gear up because we have the first contender is uh, it's a fan fiction that reached out to us when we first got started. um, And they're pretty damn charming. So I would say that's what's in their arsenal. And they're called my first fan fiction. Mm, Definitely launching a charm offensive there. Yes. And it's two ladies. So already a problem. I mean, yeah. Um, and basically they're rereading uh, the main girls fan fictions from I believe high school about a band called Tokyo Hotel um, and she this is a full author in story for all I believe 84 chapters oh my god guys it's yes, feelings yes. are so strong in high school <laughs> and it's just beautiful to hear read to you <laughs> yes particularly from the the perspective of like an older adult reading your high school version of yourself. Yes. So anyway, that's that's our first fighting force. We're not sure like what side they're flanking from, but yeah, you know, or, or really whose side they're on, honestly. It's all up in the air right now. <laughs> Obviously, we're hoping to recruit all of these to our side of the ultimate fan fiction war, which again is against copyright lawyers. But uh, exactly. We'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so our, our second uh you know, possible uh, contender in this fan fiction war um, shouted us out last week on their podcast. Uh, so they really have started a, quite a spat with us. Um, and <laughs> I personally am very concerned about these two because one of them is also named Liz. And as yes, everybody yes, knows, I also when there are two that. of anything, yeah. whether it be twins or people with the same name right. or people right. in like parallel universes, one of them is evil. And honestly, guys, I'm not sure which one <laughs> of us it is. It could be me. Well, based based on the, the part two of X-Files, there is some, some serious evidence that you are the psychopath of the Liz uh, twindom. Yeah. So. Like, honestly, all evidence right now points to me being the evil one, which... I guess I can learn to live with. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is um, called Fan Fiction Writer's Room. And the hosts are Spencer and Liz. And they actually take um, listener suggestions for characters. And then before your very ears, they fashion them into a fan fiction. So they do what we do not have the courage to do, which is they let you see the writing process. I would never do that because I don't want you to watch me cry. No, no, it's terrifying. So it's it's really fun to listen to. Uh, they go off on wild tangents. The last one I listened to involved um, Newt's commander trying to capture Pumbaa from The Lion King. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Truly That's delightful. such a good premise, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, I hope they end up on our side against the copyright lawyers oh. because that might be difficult to Me contend too. with. I mean, so. Everybody knows that two Liz's are better than one. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all. We just wanted to give a little shout out to our soldiers out there. Tiny Army, you and yeah. the other fan fiction podcasts. 
Yeah. So as ever, thanks for listening. And, you know, if you have time between episodes of World Stealers, go check these other fan fiction podcasts out. <laughs>